Ubuntu. A person, you are only recognized a person by recognizing other people. It uses the approach of unity. They see it, it works better for everyone because I can only perform best where I'm gifted. And others will also perform best where maybe I may not be. When working with people, you put other people first. Welcome to Home Stories, where we explore the lives of Ireland's newest residents who've arrived from Africa, Asia and South America and are currently passing through the direct provision system. My name is Mankan McGann and today I'm talking to David from South Africa. So can I first ask you your name and where you come from? Ajidowi, David Nesengani. Those are my full names. And I originate from South Africa in the province, so, uh, so-called Lipompo province. My small town is Lustrichat. My village is in Mpeni. Mpeni means give me. My forefathers, they are so-called kings. When you are appointed by your father who was a king, people will still recognize you as a blood of kingship. So when I'm seen in that kind of community, they always look at me as one of the royal family. And that's what is interesting, where your character, you've been taught while you are young, until you grow up, to accept everybody. Rather a person, he might be different with his character, maybe it's not good, but you still have accommodating. And with this kind of approaching things, Ubuntu, uh, which means that a person, you are only recognized a person by recognizing other people. Umuntu, umuntu, ngomunyu, umuntu. Mutu, ndi mutu, mutu. That is my language. And that's one of the principles the entire country end up adopting to that. So these principles most works not just individual, but it uses approach of unity, approach of, of communal sort of. That's how it is. They see it, it works better for everyone. I might be very weak, but when we work in collective, you wouldn't identify that I'm a weakest link because I can only perform best where I'm gifted. And others will also perform best where maybe I may not be. So it works very well and it feels everybody to have dignity and a value. It's one of the core values that is formed from that. And that is one of the important things, especially when you see it practically, because it brings proper morals and good respect and sort of mutual respect. I mean, when working with people, you put other people first. Is this a way of seeing the world that is unique to maybe people around your area or to South Africa more than Africa? So where do these ideas come from? I see it as it comes from within the clans or the families because we are not people who believe in marriage that is more single or more one partner. I grew up in a family where it's polygamous families around. And those kind of families, they were most valued because one man, if he's able to marry like more than 10 wives or 15 or any number, but he still manage in such a way everybody feels that if I belong to that family, I'm well secured, I'm well belonging. 
That's the kind of way I grew up. So if all my brothers, if they can come around here, they feel sense of being one because we are one blood. We are very much strong when we use that kind of approach. Not very much different from other uh, tribes. Maybe we may call Mandela. See, if you go through his family, you'll find that his father, even himself, he wouldn't marry one. And they feel it's very much important because I still remember the words from my father. He would say, no one is richer than me. A man, if he's blessed with many kids, then he's richer than anybody. Because his joy is when he sees his seed rolling around him. And he, he grew up loving his wife so amazingly. You wouldn't find any of those wives divorcing. Not at all. They all feel that they are married legally. You know, my mother was number six on my father. And my mother, she was the only one who couldn't have many kids. We were just three. And the two sisters of mine, they all passed away as well. She also passed away in a very earliest stage that I couldn't really enjoy to live and feel the love of motherhood, you know, because she died around 1969 and I was born in 1966. So I grew up a little bit confused not knowing who's my mother. Because when you are in that big family, everyone is your mother. But as you grow, you will realize the treatment is not equal to some of the kids. Now you start to feel, I sense that my mother, she's not here. And what was worse is that when she passed away, my sister was taken away to my granny. The other sister as well was taken away by other strangers. Myself, eventually, I was the last taken away by my uncle. And when I was in my uncle, I felt like he's my true father. And he was also having a polygamy, the five wives, very lovely children that loves me so much. One of the mother used to feel like, oh, maybe she must be my mother. Because she couldn't spend many hours without being bonding with me. I used to feel a sense of maybe she has some relatives with my, my mother who passed away. And I even lost to, to believe that my father is the one that I left behind. Because you couldn't, I couldn't have access as I wish to be with him. Growing with those stages is one of the interesting things if you're still re reflecting in them and seeing what was happening when I was at certain age. One of the interesting is when we go to initiatives, uh, school, which is traditionally. We, we, we say when you come from there, now you are a man. You are not a man till you went there. And that's where they teach you life ahead is so very good if you have good manners and if you listen and if you practice what should you be in future. There are laws that you learn there. There are characters that you learn. You come out there with good qualities. Not that there's no disadvantage, there are some disadvantages. Like when they have to fix you to be a man, you know, <laughs> they go down there and cut to... That was the most hard thing. But that thing, it cannot live for a long, very being painful. 
It lives for a few minutes. So this is they cut your foreskin at the age of about 12 or 11 or 13 or so? It, it depends. Your family should choose when do you go. And, but it is quite very exciting when you go there, when you are low, when you are still young, because you are very much ambitious to know things that are very sacred. And you might be there with someone who's about more than 20 years who could have not had the opportunity to go in earlier stage. So when you are young, you will realize that you adapt quick. You learn more than adult. You know many things than adult. Adult, they forget because in their mind, they've already stored so many things. That's what was interesting. Mm. So I still remember so many songs, so many laws that we, we sing, all that. But it's a, one of the things that doesn't really last too long. Maybe you just go there for a month and you come back home. And when you come back home, the whole village will stand on its feet. They will slaughter cows. They will have a big celebration that will last some many weeks. And your name will be changed. You see, they have written Azudovi, the first name. And the next one is David. That first one, when I come back, it seems as the real name because now I'm a man. That is not a name that comes from your parents. It comes from how you feel. So it's kind of like it's a map of you being a man. Coming out there, you see you, you have so many tasks that you have to go through. They are the tasks that you will be given by either your mentor or your parents or a very closest man to you to start to learn how to do manual work. For instance, you know, we made those muddy house, we stitch, and you need to know what are the materials, which one are strong. So all those, they prepare you to say, this is the future of me. There's no way that all manual work, you become weak. You, you, to some, you become skillful. For instance, my most skillful that I started to touch money in my hands, it was thatching. If you give me that task, you'll talk about me the rest of your life. I will thatch the house that will spend more than 30 years. No, nothing to come through. The, the rain and any hard weather will never allow your house to be secure. If I do that for you, when I have my first house, I had to... I had to Thatch myself, and that house looks so beautiful. And everybody was looking for me to say, Come and thatch for me. But I grew up as a boy thatching for many, many different people. And that made me some money while I was still a student. There was no joy like to be in school. I think when I reflect to it, is the most time that I've enjoyed my youth or I've enjoyed my being who I am. Hmm. I think I'm just very blessed to quickly understand about what you're learning and how do you apply it. But my uncle who raised me, he wasn't happy. He wanted me to attend school only three days in a week. Two of the days he wanted me to focus on heading his cattle. He had so many cattle. So a day I would milk almost 30 cows. I enjoyed all that. And so I used to plow. That's where I was taught how to tend gardening or big field. So I would take all those oxes. I make three groups. And I would ask some fellow brothers or 
around the village, the volunteers, they'll come and assist me. We'll plow so many fields for many different people. Winter time, I'll plant so many vegetables that the whole village will enjoy eating. I enjoy it. It gives me peace. When I've never lived life without garden. Some, they will be so very ignorant to laugh at you like you are uh, one of the fools. But when they see the fruits of what you are doing, oh, you become genius. Mm. You are more than a mayor. So that's how I, I realized that never do what is not in your heart. It will never give you peace. Whatever you do from your heart and your mind and applying your physicality, those kind of things, they really resemble you and they build you. When people love at you, I always feel joyful in my heart because what I'm doing it has a good result and I know the results will build so many friends to me. I mean, at that stage when you're doing, I might not have any friend, but when they start to see the fruits, oh, I'm telling In the villages, I remember when I go where I was born, I still see oranges, orangey trees, bananas that I've planted, avocados that I've planted. Now they are big trees. When I get there to young ones who don't know me, I ask them, have you ever tasted uh, this uh, mango or avocado or oranges? Then when they say, well, yes, we have tasted them, I said, do you know who initiated them to be there? They will laugh. Was those who have been told by villagers that is David who planted them, they will say, we want to see him. So then when I talk like this, if they see me, they will call each other, come and see the guy that planted what we enjoy, you know. So, but I will tell them that today I came, always when I visit there, I make sure I buy one of the tree, a fruit tree. When I visit there, because sometimes I take some years not visiting them, sometimes a year. When I get there with that tree, I will call every young, young people around. And maybe uh, while they are there, I can see when I recognize each and every character. I will always able to identify the weakest one, the one that they think, ah, this one is not like normal. Sometimes I will find that I spot autism child amongst them. The one that when they play is the most weakest, is the one that I'll say, you see this tree, we give it a name of you, you plant it. That's how I inspire them. And from there, that person, because he's not uh, imported, some, they, they just look at him as like, he's not useful, he's, he doesn't contribute. So from that time, he will be a little bit popular at that moment, but people will forget because the tree is still growing. But the time now the fruits come, his popular comes back. If he had so many people ignoring him and not liking him, even the family members sometimes. But because of the tree, it is there for season, maybe three months they will be picking up those fruits. They will always remember, oh, it's this guy who planted this. this these are kind of legacy that I always leave. Home Stories is funded by Creative Ireland with the support of Leash and Westmead County Councils. Music by Brian Moglin and Miles O'Reilly. The series was edited and produced by Lauren Varian. More episodes at moncon.com. That's M-A-N-C-H-A-N dot com. <laughs>